It is the November 11th edition of the PFF Forecast. We've got a fun one here. We've got Kevin Cole and Bruce Gradkowski coming on. We're going to talk the MVP quarterbacks and the young quarterbacks. We're going to pick our favorites and rank them and do all that stuff. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, but first, we're going to uh, run through the slate and pick the lock of the week. So let's rock. Let's rock. Alrighty, um, where would you like to start, Mister uh, Mister Steak Steak Chef? I'm not betting hibachi. Um, okay, let's start in Las Vegas, where all dreams come true. A great place to start. Broncos plus five. What do you think? Hi, this was one that I circled as well, and I struggle with this because. I worry about Drew Locke and the ability to put together a full game. However, here's what I'll come back to. I think we finally saw what Jerry Judy can be for this offense last week. Seven catches, all of them with a step or more of separation. And it's not as if the Raiders know how to cover anybody. Raiders so, almost blew it to uh, our friends, uh, the, the, the yes. Las Vegas Chargers. And here's what I'll say about the Raiders in, from personal experience. Every time you believe that they've figured it out, they have not so this is only the second time all year they've been favored um they did come through against uh carolina in week one but this is just the second time so yeah. that that one i like a, a decent amount what, what is your is, is drew lock your biggest yeah. concern there drew lock i mean just, i mean yeah okay. um let's go now to sunday night where Ooh. i am going to make the case for two things the first is the patriots getting seven at home yes at home maybe gilmore coming back gilmore i believe should be back okay they scrape out this win against the jets it is ugly but here are the good things i saw receivers that actually made a few plays the jacoby myers call out the props was brilliant cam newton looked good uh, getting Gilmore back is massive, and I am nervous about the Baltimore Ravens offense. Stanley being out, obviously Yonda, uh, Calais Campbell, doubtful. Mm -hmm. um, Humphrey coming back from COVID. Um, might get uh, Mark Ingram back, though. So, Which, again. Kind of hurts because they don't get Dobbins as much. Yeah. I love Mark Ingram, though. Um, well, I don't mind this at all. The thing with Newton – the hard part, I was talking to Bruce about this on grad school, mm -hmm. and he was saying um, it does look like he's laboring a little bit when he tries to throw the ball over 15 yards downfield, doesn't it? Kind of, but I also feel like that's just the way he moves. Yeah, okay. Because here's the thing with Lamar. Lamar, 97 pass rating when clean, 91 when pressured, more turnover-worthy plays than big-time throws. Newton is not throwing a ton of turnover-worthy plays. They're have, they've had a, a bunch of turnovers, but kind of the bad luck kind. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of spunk there with Damian Harris, with Rex Burkhead in the backfield. Like They obviously are going with the hot hand, which is always the best approach to take. Bird and and uh, um, Here's Jacoby Myers have been fine. It's not a bad thing. Uh, seven points getting – I mean, Belichick getting seven at home. I mean, Here, think about that. That's never going to happen much. So here's the thing. Go back to last year when they played on Sunday night, and the everyone was on the Patriots because the, the – Belichick, you know, versus a young quarterback in their defense. Yeah. Okay. They actually did a good job against Lamar. The reason they struggled was their offense was a disaster. Because Brady and they turned it over. They turned they were, it over. Yeah. So and there was still a chance there. Okay. Here's a here's one that I kinda like, but this number, you're not getting the best of it anymore. Mm -hmm. You should have bet it early in the week. Bengals plus seven in yeah. Pittsburgh. Uh, this is the I mean I'm right there with you. You could have gotten it. Was it all the way? Was it nine and a half, ten? Yeah, on, nine and a half. Listen to our podcast on Monday morning. <laughs> but because right now our depth charts have Rudolph in. Well, because 
we don't know about Big Ben. Yeah. The expectation, I think, is that Big Ben. By the way, there's a quote from Bruce upcoming here about about Big Ben under, you know, there's like Big Ben and under the sheets. They weren't like, it, it, it made me pause for a second here, but like, um, <laughs> Stop a question mark here about Big Ben. Big Ben is like but not I, that efficient this year. Right. I mean, I kind of, I think it's moved down a little bit because of the, the question mark there. But I would make the claim that this is all about whether you think that the Cincinnati Bengals offense has figured out what a blitz is. Because against the Ravens, they were an atrocity. It was like they'd literally never seen more than four guys rush the passer, and it was a disaster. There's a lot of offensive line issues in this game, too. I Let's lay off of this one, because the numbers bad. Are, you're, you're not getting the best of it, and it's just... Okay. Are thou ready? We, we took Arizona over. Now it's 56 from 54. That's probably no value there anymore. Are you ready? I'm, are you ready? I'm not going Vikings. I'm not pitching you the Vikings. I want to tease you a little bit. Oh, nice. Tomorrow, the Indianapolis Colts play the Tennessee Titans. I've talked a lot about how the Indianapolis Colts are fraudulent. They've played one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Phillip Rivers looks like he's 95, yada, 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 yada. The Titans are kind of there too. You know, I thought you made a really good case on our um, podcast earlier this week about the things that the Titans are not doing that they should be doing and why should we believe that they'll change. Meanwhile, the Colts are a team that I feel like kind of keeps can keep this close. Okay, so they're minus two right now. Tease them out to, to uh, sorry, plus two, tease them out to plus eight. We then go to the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim who play the Miami Dolphins. The Chargers will not win this game, but they'll have a chance to. And that means that uh, that it stays within eight and a half. They're a two and a half point underdog. Tease it out to eight and a half. So you want tease Colts eight, Chargers eight and a half. That we've already picked that early in the week when Colts were two and a half. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't like that, if you don't like that, I have another leg. Ooh, a third leg. Okay. And this is our boy, and I think you're going to like this one. Now we're not getting the full eight and a half, which is tough however josh allen two-point dog in arizona 56 though the total. i know it's tough i know but do you see if they if they win by more than eight points eight or more points that's a blowout against yeah, the yeah. bills right are the cardinals now here's what worries me about this game the cardinals just lost to the dolphins humiliated and the bills are on top of the world they on just top beat of the world Wilson. Anyways, those are my teaser options. I don't mind them. I don't like not being able to get the full eight and a half, right? But mm-hmm. um, you're not. You don't want to tease Pittsburgh down with all the uncertainty. You don't want to tease the Ravens down because we don't see line value there. Um, you don't want to tease Saints down because you don't get you. You still get a a, a hanging three. Seattle Rams is going to be a big scoring game with a lot of variance. Um, Okay, gun to your head. Which one of these do you like the most? Man. Brother. Um, I think given the total of the two, man, this is hard. I like the Colts with, I think, the better coach. I know I like Vrabel and Arthur Smith. And the pick six opportunities for Rivers. Can you imagine if we're down three here and he just oh. flails one into the flat? No, I can't. Okay. Okay, so you want to you throw Colts out? You like the Chargers because we get that, that little hook there. I actually like the Denver Broncos plus five. Do you? That's my favorite one. I hate it. That's why I like it. That's why you like it? Because who Alexander Johnson's a really good linebacker. They, they have <laughs> Justin Simmons. The best player on the Raiders is a tight end. They could probably neutralize him. Let me look at total here is fifty and a half. Yeah. The Raiders, dude, man, like this is this is like yeah. the Raiders going on the road last year being three point favorites to the Jets. It's just like they're not ready for this yet. Hmm. Okay, one more. Okay. One more. One more. One of the best the best game of the year last year was Niners. Saints. Total here is 49. I can't. I can't. Shanahan does not have two bad games in a row. 
Yes, but the extra Saints, rest. The Saints are a slow team. The Saints forty nine in the year twenty twenty. The Saints are a slow team, man. I mean, unless we stop counting points that have died in the first quarter. <laughs> the points, the points in the first half of the game are legal. The points, in the, <laughs> the ones we left along the way, are, are illegal. All right, let's go Broncos. Broncos plus it. five. I like you're wearing Broncos colors. You feel confident. I I have been giving you shit about the steak dinners that I've won off you all week. I apologize. I love you. You're one of my dearest friends, and so I'm I'm riding with you. I'm all in. Okay. You heard it here. The lock of the week. The Denver Broncos plus five. Um, you and I will be back. Saturday nights have become a real blast for me because we hop on there. It's we alternate late. which one of us is like a little tilted out little, of our minds yeah. because of the the college football. And we go over props and the lines um, uh, at that point. And you can yeah. listen to it Sunday morning. We're going to get to Bruce and Kevin Cole here in a second. Bruce Gradkowski, you can hear him on any radio show. Dude, he will be there. He's such a hustler. Um, but if you don't follow on Instagram, you should. He has great content there. And then Kevin Cole, who does so much awesome work for us, his articles are fantastic. The MVP race uh, article that we reference is one that you should go check out. He and Timo, PFF underscore Moo, they both are awesome. And then he's got a great podcast that not enough people have have started discovering yet. And that is, I think, sneakily, the best name podcast in the game right now. Well, especially on our on our network. Yes, well, our network, you know, we but just- he, he does, Kevin does such a good job of having conversations with really smart people. Yes. Like, I think he does a great job there. He's a conversationalist. And there's a different, like, we're all, he also can have different people on the show than we can because he doesn't talk about gambling. So, so it's a pretty, like, it's a, it's a nice compliment to what we do. And, you know, he, uh, it know, is he, called the Unexpected, Unexpected Points, Points Podcast, and uh, you should go subscribe and listen to it. They're, the nice thing about them is largely they're evergreen in that the conversations bear relevance. So he's got some good people that he's talked to, Mina Kimes, Josh Hermsmeyer. Um, you should go Michael check Michael Lopez, out. Director of Football Data NFL. I will say this. I have not been a guest yet, so we have not yet dissected the food scene in Cincinnati or other cities of note. Right. I've been waiting for my opportunity. Uh, we'll see if I get one. Anyways, uh, let's get to Bruce and Kev. All right, it has been a long time coming for Bruce Gradkowski to make his triumphant return and Kevin Cole as well. So we figured, why don't we do a little quarterback roundtable? And it's, I think it's the perfect time because there's been a lot of talk about the young quarterbacks. We'll hit them in a second. But let's start with the MVP. It has been Russell Wilson, no, no question about it. He's going to win it unanimously like through three weeks. It was Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes was not playing very well through four weeks. Now, all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes is um, dominating everyone. Russ Wilson is throwing picks. This thing has gone all over the place. Let's start with um, you, Kev, because I feel like you've been pretty passionate about the Russell versus Mahomes thing. And what's, what's your take on both the path that the MVP race has taken and where it's going to end up? Yeah, I mean, I think the path has been, there's a lot of up and down to it, obviously. I think what I would say is where we're at now is kind of what we expected. You mentioned how Mahomes, these last couple of weeks, he's had these these big performances, a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. He hasn't thrown many interceptions, but his play hasn't really changed that much. And I think it's it's somewhat the same for Russell Wilson. I mean, he had, Wilson had some monster games, but he also had, some poor performances like the the Vikings game. He really wasn't that good, but he came back to win at the end. So those are the type. That's the type of noise. Uh, the wins, the close wins, the close losses. Whether something ends up being an interception or a dropped interception, that's the thing on a week to week basis that seems to be driving a lot of the MVP market. Whereas the the slow and steady thing is that Mahomes just has a bit of an advantage and how he plays because mostly because he doesn't take sacks, but also because he's been so good converting third downs and he just continues to do that this season. Bruce, who, who's the who's playing the best out of this three right now? Uh, man, I mean, you know, if Wilson didn't have a down down week a little bit, you know, that that's my guy. You know, I just I, I want to see Wilson get it. You know, twenty seven big time throws. I mean, the guy, the the super arcing go ball that I wish I it's, could. It's do. called a moon ball, by the way. That's his word. <laughs> Apparently, he calls it a moon ball. 
He's proud of his moon ball. I mean, that thing is, <laughs> I mean, that lays up there for how, I mean, that's, look, that's hard for a receiver to track sometimes. I mean, when you're waiting for that thing to come down, that's one of the hardest catches in football. Uh, but I think Russell Wilson has been playing well. Uh, I think, Kevin, great point on Mahomes. Like, the, the stats are there. But, man, some of the throws he makes, in all, like, misses throws. You know, last week I just remember grading his game thinking, man, he's just missing too many throws. And you see the the flags in the end zone. Uh, the wind looked like it could be a factor. But still, you know, too many missed throws, I think, for me last week for Mahomes. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers. You have to think Aaron Rodgers has been balling out. Uh, his intermediate passing grade, he leads us. Uh, through these first nine weeks. So he, he's he's playing really well, and, and can they sustain it? I think it's going to come down to the end. Who continues to play well and sustain it through the rest of the regular season? Of course, getting into playoff time, but, I mean, I, I think for me it's between Wilson and Rodgers. Did, um, did you have a patented throw, Bruce? <sighs> Your yeah, own. it was pretty, it's pretty the check down. The check down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a baller. It's all, Checks down. It's, it's all my arm strength right. can handle. Wasn't that the? Wasn't that Zach story where where um, his coach basically was talking about Sean Hill in a meeting? He goes, "Yeah, he's a baller. He checks it down." And like they all gave him shit for that. Sean Hill being the dad bod check down guy. Was, <laughs> um, what? Here's the thing about Mahomes though, and I, I feel like this is why it's being overlooked. Is this? Are we already to the point where the Chiefs are such overwhelming favorites that, like, it's just not notable? But, so are they? Because because I get... Yeah. No, no. I, I get that you're talking... You're wearing a freaking sports book hoodie. I understand you're talking about the sports books. <laughs> but, but that's... The sports books don't vote on MVP, right? right? There is a public narrative to this whole thing. Well, their votes aren't legal on MVPs. <laughs> well, they're all dead. Um... <laughs> But Is he wearing a Broncos stick sweatshirt to today? Stick to sports, please. But here, here's the thing. I, lock. If you watch television, you do not see a unanimous power ranking with the Chiefs in one. I, I agree. It, so the narrative out there is not necessarily like, – I think it's more about for Mahomes, everyone always gives the excuse of he has Andy Reid and he has these playmakers. I think that's the one that gets thrown out there a lot. I, I just think it's really interesting that the odds – Right now, Wilson is still the favorite. And to, I have a really hard time seeing this big of a difference. If you go on DraftKings Sportsbook, Russell Wilson is plus 125, Patrick Mahomes is plus 200, and Aaron Rodgers is plus 350. And Kev, you and Timo do my favorite piece, one of my favorite pieces every single week, which is the MVP race, handicapping it. And you guys compare the odds that you project versus the betting odds. And it's it's comical, honestly, like that Russell Wilson is such an overwhelming favorite relative to what seems to be a blind eye being turned towards some of the negative yeah. plays that he makes. The interesting thing here for for me though is when you look at the the narratives, right? Every every team has had like a a signature game, right? Like Seattle has been on Sunday night football every week <laughs> this year. I don't think Kansas City's been on one other than Thursday night. The opening. They, they did have a signature game, a loss to the Raiders. They they beat Baltimore on Monday Night Football. That was a big <laughs> game. But you look at that feels. By the way, how long ago does that feel? Sorry, dude, forever. We 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 didn't think we'd have a season, and now the season has like multiple different parts. But you look at the upcoming schedule for Kansas City at Las Vegas, right? Bunch of you know that that's going to be a marquee game, um, at Tampa, and then at Saints. Like those those three games, I think if Mahomes is 400 yards, four touchdowns, I think that that propels him to the top, right? I mean, it, it is a it is about how you perform in the biggest stage, and Russell has been so outrageous on the biggest stages. It, to Kevin's point, he didn't play well against Minnesota, but what did he do? He drove his team 90 something yards in the rain and scored a touchdown at the very end. Like, and he was even he made some brilliant plays even in a bad loss to Arizona on Sunday Night Football. Like, I think. You know, we're going to get correspondingly signature games out of Mahomes. It's whether or not he performs in them. Yeah, I mean, I think look at look at our projected wins. I think that's a big thing too, right? And that's been a big flip in the narrative. So we're projecting the the Chiefs to go thirteen and three. We're pretty much a lock to win their division. We're mm -hmm. saying that uh, the most recent numbers here are the Seahawks winning more like 11, 11 games a yeah. little bit over 11 games so let, let, let's say we end the season right let's say the chiefs are 13 and 3 the seahawks are 11 and 5 
Um, this you know t- touchdown interception people are going to look at Mahomes has a huge edge there just because of the fact he has so few interceptions Russ is going to have a ton of touchdowns so Russ ends up with a ton of touchdowns a lot more turnovers his team is 11 and 5 uh, the Chiefs are 13 and 3 have a first round bye I mean what's going to happen in an MVP race in that circumstance I think I think people will gravitate towards the idea that Russell has to overcome more and that's why his team's 11 and 5 as opposed to the Chiefs are a made hand if he wins so here's the question if they all win their division, you know, like if they all win their division, does Russ have the benefit of, is that, does that help him a tremendous amount relative to the yeah. other guys? It has to, right? I think that the narrative surrounding the NFC East is that it's the best division West, in football. West. Uh, sorry, NFC West, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I, I... But I mean, here's the interesting thing. Like they play the Rams this week. They're an underdog to the Rams. They lose that game. They're in jeopardy of losing the division. Right. They're only two-thirds of the time winning the division right now in our projections. If they lose that game, to your point, it's it turns a lot. Like, what if they're a wildcard team? Does he win the, he win the MVP that way? Because then now you're looking at Rodgers. Rodgers' remaining schedule, home to Jaguars. That's going to be brutal. At Colts, I think Colts are overrated. Bears stink. Eagles stink. Lions stink. Panthers stink. Titans are okay. Bears stink. Like, he could run the table here and the Packers go 14 and two and then and they're the best team in the NFC or right now there's no cream rising to the top currently Bruce let me ask you this so we just talked about how important the winning the division that you know being a winner is is that something that was talked about within the player circle of being like an unfair way to value players or is it something that was just kind of accepted and it was like no actually it does matter if you win the division well, I think, you know, from my perspective, I think it's known. Like, you have to win uh, because that's huge on your resume. And that's huge as, you, as you're going through these the season and awards and stuff like that. Now, when we come to it, too, though, you could think, man, but that dude balled out. Even though the record wasn't the best, he still was better than this guy in how many different categories. But I think at the end of the, end of the day, too, though, it, it does matter. It does matter your record. It does matter when you win. I think Russell Wilson in that division, that definitely has to hold a lot of weight if he wins his division because look at the teams he's plays, playing, the, offense they're, the offenses they're facing within that division. So I, I just think Russell Wilson, and you guys talked about you know Aaron Rodgers a little bit. I mean, if he runs the schedule, or the table with, with the remaining schedule, it's going to be hard for someone to outseat him in that MVP talk because of how well he's already been playing. And then, you know, if they run the table, then of course he's doing something right. And I, I just think it's going to be hard uh, to beat out Aaron Rodgers for that vote if if Green Bay continues to roll. Do you, I, I do get the sense that people want to give it to Aaron Rodgers. The Aaron Rodgers revenge tour is a cool thing to be a part of. I think that, I think, I think those are the things that are stacked against Mahomes, right? The narrative of hardest, division certainly is the nfc west and then the fact that aaron Rodgers had his replacement drafted for him this year and for mahomes like everything's just been going beautifully you got this massive contract he has a baby on the way like the dude can't miss um i, I just i don't think mahomes should be in the conversation right now i mean really? i know uh you know with Rodgers and wilson I, I think it's between those guys i mean i think kevin brought up a good point like his stats are there but what I'm seeing on film, though, is he can be playing better. And, you know, of course, all the guys can. When you come away from it, there's plays in the game you wish you had back or you could have hit this throw or that throw. But I'll tell you what, some of the throws I see Aaron Rodgers making this year is spectacular. Same with Russell Wilson. So I really think it's going to be how they handle this second half of the season. But to me, in my eyes, you know, if Mahomes just explodes on the scene even more, okay. But Look, I'm just thinking it's between Wilson and Rodgers right now. Okay, pick one. Who's your MVP right now? Wilson. And, okay, and who is the MVP at the end of the season? I hope it's Wilson. <laughs> I, I, I want Wilson to win it, but okay. I, I think, like we talked about, if Rodgers runs the table with his schedule, uh, he's going to come into PFF studio, and he's going to give you the championship belt, baby. <laughs> and I think he takes it home. Okay, I like that. Kevin, who's the MVP right now, and who wins it at the end of the season? I mean, I'll lean slightly towards Wilson. I think Wilson and Rodgers right up there at the top. And for, for the season, I mean, I'm just going to go back to Mahomes because I just have confidence that he's going to continue to play well the rest of the year. And, uh, I mean, if you if you think about just how solid he's been – 
I don't know if there's been a single loss that they've had since he's been there where you could say, oh, Mahomes had a bad game and that's why they lost. He just always plays at worst average when he has one of these games. You don't see the Aaron Rodgers versus the Tampa Bay Bucks type of performance. You don't see the Wilson versus uh, the Bills performance that, that, that we saw last week. That just hasn't happened. Now, can it happen? It, it definitely can. But it's just it's those types of performances that really sting in people's minds and take away from their perception. Um, so if he doesn't give any of those, he almost gave one against New England. But luckily, there wasn't <laughs> there yeah, was no right? Cam Newton there that week. But So if he doesn't give one of those, and he hasn't given many, if any, his entire career, I think he can write it out. Okay. Well, the funny thing is, too, is Mahomes' worst game is my best game. 305 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> I'll take that every every day. <laughs> well, and, and don't you think that's part of the perception in that, like, his just it's just not noteworthy? Like, like his game against the Panthers was really good, but, like, it's like... But, but at the end of the season, when it rolls up, because everyone forgets the... They look at the aggregate stats. The fact that he doesn't have bad games comes through at the end when you go, holy shit, that's his stat line? <laughs> you know, that's where it shows up, right? I think it like adds on itself because, yeah, the performances that are average, you kind of just say, oh, yeah, whatever. You don't realize that that's his worst game. Whereas for Wilson, we're talking about how poorly he played. For Rodgers, we are. And then when they bounce back, we're talking about yeah, it as yeah, well. Yeah, right. It's like you light the house on fire and take credit for Putting, putting it, out. it out right whereas Mahomes never gets near the flame that's literally how I've kept my relationship alive <laughs> <laughs> um, look, okay look there are people like me that never have to send flowers because they're consistently nice and then they're <laughs> assholes like you that have to oh brother yes I have invested the best thing are subscriptions where they continually send oh, things sure, for sure. you that's the best part you just know that on the month it'll be there. I just want to buy a fraction of that of that subscription <laughs> So that it'll tilt Kevin. <laughs> what we're talking about, by the way, for people that didn't hear it, was we were talking about how people now are splitting up shares of inanimate objects like sports cards, trading cards. So um, I encourage you not to do that. I want to tell you guys about our friends at monkeyknifefight.com. You hear me talking about the props. I'm the prop king. I get after it. I, I feed the families to put the kids through school. And if you are looking to get into the prop game, you should probably head over to monkeyknifefight.com. If you put down $20 in an account on Monkey Knife Fight and use promo code PFF, you will get a free PFF Edge annual subscription, which, by the way, is $40. So it's $20, you get to play, win, and you get a $40 subscription. I uh, have a math degree, and I can tell you that is fantastic value. So go to monkeyknifefight.com, promo code PFF, and enjoy your Sundays. They may even have some like golf stuff on there. I don't know if you guys are getting stoked about the Masters. I am. Promo code PFF at monkeyknifefight.com. This is a weekend unlike any other. If you don't know what I mean, that means that you've been living under a rock or that you hate golf. Actually, probably that you live under a rock. Because even if you hate golf, you know about the Masters. And if you have not enjoyed a Masters weekend, let me tell you. Okay, I have to work this Sunday. You don't. Make this the best Sunday and the best weekend of your entire season. And the best place to do that is with DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. I can attest, I make trips to Indiana just to use the freaking thing. Uh, it's embarrassing, but I do it because it's a great app. They have odds boosts on Sundays for NFL games. They'll have boosts for Masters uh, bets as well. You can parlay NFL and Masters bets. I'll let you know right now, I've got, uh, I'll be rooting for Tony Finau. Uh, I will not be rooting for Bryson DeChambeau, and I have to always place a bet on Tiger Woods. So those are a few of mine. Be smarter than me. Um, enjoy yourself. But promo code PFF will give you $100 risk-free on DraftKings Sportsbook app, $100, um, that they will make sure is risk-free for you to bet. So, I mean, it's a free $100. Go get it. Promo code PFF on DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's an amazing app. There's, there's a reason it's the top-rated one. It's awesome. So uh, download it. I've got to read a little disclaimer for you here. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Risk-free coverage paid out in credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. A lot of good stuff on PFF.com right now. Obviously, with an Edge subscription, you get all the great fantasy content, a lot of great gambling and props content. Um, and the fantasy tools and elite subscription you get the props tool feed yourself feed your family make it happen but if you're looking for something free 
a lot of good stuff here, especially Chris Collinsworth's new podcast with Richard Sherman. Um, Richard has, the dude is very interesting because he's played in the freaking NFL and he's great. But you're going to really enjoy some of his perspective on things that is different than a lot of what you hear at PFF. And it's great. I get to listen to it, you know, happen live. I then re-listen to it a bunch. It's awesome. He talked about the young quarterbacks this week. How he'd rank them was totally different than how I would have ranked them. It was really fascinating to hear. And then he tells some great stories, like the time he got mistaken for another Seahawks player by an autograph seeker. I bet you can't guess which player that was. Um, but go enjoy it. The Chris Collinsworth Podcast featuring Richard Sherman wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Eric, your MVP right now and who it is at the end of the season. I think right now, I think right now Aaron Rodgers would win it if we stopped everything. I think at the end and of the season. And that's who you would vote for. No. I would vote for Mahomes. Mahomes is the most valuable player in football. Like Mahomes boy. Well, the the Chiefs are three points better than the average team on a neutral field. Um, they don't have a great defense. They've they've dealt with injuries along the offensive line and at wide receiver. They've they've had a non trivial schedule, I think. Um, you know, and he just hasn't played really a bad game. Um and I think that that will maintain itself. Like, I, I think that's the safe bet. Like, but at the same time, who do I think people would vote for right now? I absolutely agree with Bruce. I think it would be Mahomes, it would, sorry, it would be Rodgers or uh, Wilson. And I think Rodgers has had every game be a good game, Sands won. And, you know, uh, Wilson's had two bad games. So yep. go ahead and give it to Rodgers at this point if I'm voting or if, if I'm thinking about how people are voting. Okay, I will go next. I think right now Aaron Rodgers would win in a very tightly contested race. If I had to pick one of the three to win at the end of the season, I would pick Mahomes every single time. The reason being what I think a lot of people have said here, like and what you mentioned, he's by far the best of this three. So if I'm projecting play going forward and performance of his team going forward, it, like it's not it's not hard for me to see him winning it. But here's what I'll I'll say. If I'm looking at the betting odds right now, if I can bet on Aaron Rodgers at plus 350, the, if, if he is anywhere in the ballpark of Mahomes' stat line and they win that division, I think, it, it, I think he has a really good shot to win it because of the narrative. You and don't the, think it has to be the one seed? I don't. Because that, and, and here's the thing, in people's minds, the Green Bay Packers have stacked the box against Aaron Rodgers. Whereas the Kansas City Chiefs have this cavalry of ammunition for, or I'm just messing up all my metaphors here, but they, they have all these weapons for him to leverage, right? The the Green Bay Packers have like refused to bring in uh, receivers for him. So that that that's why it would be sweet if if Rodgers did win it, you know, especially after drafting Jordan Love, yeah, and him coming into the to the facility with the championship belt over his shoulder. Uh, you know, how, it, it would be pretty. Do you think, he, you think he accepted an invitation to PFF, dude? How incredible would his MVP speech be? <laughs> well, <laughs> since it's since it's not like the last time he gave an MVP speech, there was this strained, uh, um, I would say, acknowledgement of Olivia Munn, who oh, it was like it was like the most awkward, like, "Hey, thanks for staying by me, baby," or something like that, and it was like. It was cringe. Let, let, let me give you. Let me give you a long shot here. Now, this is everyone's going to say no way, and that's why it's a long shot, right? So, at current current implied probability MVP odds, one point six percent for Drew Brees. Now, I don't. I'm going to say this because they could win the NFC. Um, his numbers actually have been a lot better than people think. I think people watched those first couple of games and said, "Oh, he's done," but he's just been creeping forward without Michael Thomas too. Um, he yeah. was he was playing well there. Uh, there's going to be a there's going to be the split vote with Camara, but if the Chiefs fall a little bit, let's say they don't get the number one seed in the AFC, the Saints get the number one seed. They've been playing out. Drew Brees never won an MVP award, right? His entire career, probably a top five quarterback of all time, doesn't have an MVP award. Everyone's everyone's complaining about the MVP votes for Wilson, but that I, well, that's one thing I want to happen. Please give him a vote, no matter who wins, so we don't have to hear that don't anymore. Hear about um, but Brees, no award. For for a guy who mm -hmm. should have an award over that type of career, he's been you, very good last like five six weeks. Strangely. But do you think? Let me ask you guys because I mean we haven't even talked about the team that's undefeated right now, and their quarterback. 
And don't you think that sometimes it comes hand in hand? And look, maybe the stats aren't there. Maybe, you know, the, the play isn't all the way to Aaron Rodgers. But when your team is undefeated, don't you think the narrative kind of leans to, wait a minute, let me let me peek under the covers. What's going on in there over there in Pittsburgh? Here's a, so, okay, here's my question. If the Pittsburgh Steelers go 16-0, and would you, do you think Roethlisberger has a shot to win the MVP? Yes, because I don't think they go 6-0 and unless he plays appreciably better than what he's played now. Okay. So, like, right yeah. now he's averaging That's exactly less what I was than seven say. yards. He has to play. In order for that to happen, he has to play really well. So then there is a chance. Because I think you that, don't expect him to play that well. I think that's the only way. But, yeah, because right <laughs> now he's averaging less than six yards a pass attempt. He's not even on pace for 4,000 yards. Um, he's I mean, he, been, he, has, he has shorter odds than, than Drew Brees. So yeah, yeah. he's, you know. Bruce, Brees is a longer, don't is a you longer think, shot. So, it's a more well, of a long shot than Rob. Well, and, and that's why I just brought up big Ben and the Steelers because when you bring up Drew Brees it's like but wait a second I mean remember all those those bad games early in the year and we're going to forget about them um and then we're seeing a team like the Steelers in a position they're at look I, I agree with you guys I think it has to get back to some of those big games I was I was backing up big Ben when he went back to back six touchdown games against Baltimore and the Colts and I think I want to see those type of games and if he does, I think the leash gets even shorter. You know, if he comes on and explodes on the scene for like, you know, the next few weeks or to end the season with some big monstrous games, I don't know. Does his name get thrown around more? That's interesting. I, I think the fact that their defense has been the storyline. People yeah. mention their defense yeah. before they mention Big Ben. And then they mention Chase Claypool. And then they talk about Juju's TikTok. And then <laughs> but, they get to Big Ben. But, like, chances are if they their defense is probably going to regress. And so for him to overcome that and for them to still be – Like 14-2, and 15-1, 16-0. You know what? They have, they have a Ravens game on the schedule in three weeks in prime time. I believe Sunday night football it's Thanksgiving as of now night. probably won't get moved, right? It's, they, they have, have a Bills game. They have a Bills game that's on – it's Thanksgiving it's Thursday. Night. Thursday. Oh, Thanksgiving. Night. Okay, it will oh, not. It, it okay, will yeah, not just, get I just moved. saw NBC. They have a Bills game that's in prime time. They have a Bengals game that's in prime time. Um, so yeah, that's maybe. interesting. I like it. Uh, okay, let's move to uh, the younger quarterbacks and let's talk Burrow, Herbert, and Tua. And I'll open it up like this, and I'll start with you, Bruce. Um, what has been the most impressive thing from each guy, and how would you rank them right now? Well, let me, I'll go reverse. I'll rank Tua number three, just because uh, the least amount of reps right now. Um, I think I, I've been very impressed the way he bounced back this week, okay? And then you're the starting quarterback. You get this opportunity, your team's 2-0 and when you're starting, and you could continue to learn as you're winning. Tua's in a great spot, man. That defense, Brian Flores, what he's doing over there, it's awesome. And Chan Gailey, Eric, you and I talked about it the other day, man, the play calling. You know, so he's helping Tua out. And Tua, you could tell the game's still a little fast for him, which, look, it's only a – you know, he just finished his second start. But a few times when he moves around, you could tell he's kind of off balance and then he'll get started. And he made some huge plays with his legs, good throws with his arm. So I was glad to see Tua bounce back. I think it kind of settles everyone's nerves in Miami. They could go to South Beach and enjoy a drink, knowing, okay, we're okay for now. We won't panic. Um, and then I go to Herbert. I think Herbert has impressed me the most because of uh, not that his big arm, but also those just outlandish throws, like the turnover-worthy plays, are fewer and farther between. You know, So he does throw those – the, the 19 big-time throws he has for us so far this year and seven, seven turnover-worthy plays. I think with Herbert, you have to you have to guard every blade of grass. He's athletic. He can move. But he's poor at times in the pocket. He does not hitch up in there. It hurts his tackles. I think he's too he throws too many errant throws early in the game, missing throws he should make. Um, and then when I go to Burrow, Burrow's my number one guy because he is operating like a quarterback. He is operating concepts. He's in, a, he's in an empty formation, handling protections. He understands this stuff. And not only the stats on the field, because he's our number two grader 
uh, passing grade in the intermediate level, 10 to 19 yard range. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, MVP candidate, and Joe Burrow is right behind him mm-hmm. in the intermediate range. So the guy is making significant throws and, and good throws and good concept throws. He's executing them. At times, Burrow's eyes drop to the protection, drop to the line, see how he's getting rushed. And at times you can't do that. You got to worry about downfield. You could be more on time and in rhythm, get the ball out of your hands faster. I think that plays into some of his sacks this year. But I think overall, the best thing I love about Burrow is not what he brings on the field, but off, man. That mentality, guys get in the huddle, that moxie, you know you have a chance with Burrow. And it's the same with Brady, Breeze, the guys we're talking about, Russell Wilson. When you get in the huddle, you know you have a chance. And that what, that's what Burrow is bringing to Cincinnati right now. Kevin. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm going to have the same ordering there. For, for these guys, I tried to get a, like a statistical way of, of looking at it to, to measure myself against. So I was using some of our quarterback ranking, uh, some of the formulas that go into that that we did at the beginning of the year, which essentially it accounts for their draft position and what we've seen in the NFL. And then the more that we've seen of them, the more confident we become in how they played. And, and Burrow has a pretty – Burrow's ranked really highly, even mm-hmm. throughout the league. It's surprising because for a rookie to be playing this well – and, you know, already this year, they're leaning on him. He's got almost 400 dropbacks already this season. So we know a lot about him versus someone like Tua, who has, you know, 40-something dropbacks. That happens, hasn't been that good. So I, I think it's close between Burrow and, and Herbert. But the only way you can lean Herbert over, over Burrow in light of the fact that he was the number one pick, in light of the fact that we, we had him graded so much higher coming in, um, coming into this year and the fact that we have him graded slightly higher this year the only way you can do that is to try to do some sort of projection on what the upside is because of the arm strength um, and things like that and I guess I, it's not enough for me to to make that sort of projection so so I got those two up I think two has a lot of potential but because those guys have been good in in a lot of action you just have to separate them because we know mm-hmm. so much more about them now I mean a lot of people say oh you don't know it's only their rookie season but the reality is if you can step in and look like you can play uh, first season in the NFL, that means a lot for your projection going forward. Would you flip, based on this, would you pick Herbert over Tua? Yes, I would at this point. I mean, there's the injury concerns also. And um, I mean, we, we've, like I said, we haven't seen much from Tua, right? We haven't seen much. But I think what we have seen, if there was going to be a concern about how he would play in the NFL, is that certain things, maybe the arm strength, um, how much he could actually he could actually move him. Mean, he had some nice scrambles in that game, but those scrambles were, you know, a, a few spins away from, from taking some from hits, disaster. quite honestly, on, <laughs> like blacked on, out. Those, on those moves. I was holding my breath a little bit on some of those some of those scrambles. So just because of that, I think Tua can be very efficient doing what he did this last game, but that's not a quarterback you said who's going out there and is just gunslinging his way to um, to, to victory. So I, I would be more concerned that of whether he can do that um, and like I said, 300, 400 dropbacks, I'm willing to, to take that as a significant amount of evidence to go ahead and, and separate them. It's so interesting for me because Herbert has Herbert has everything that we think is unstable. His positively graded throw rate's immense. His accuracy plus rating is top 10 in the league. Um, but then when you look at when you look at like, ability to avoid negative plays if you look at just straight up accuracy rate like not like herbert makes the splash plays more than burrow does and i think he's probably capable of that but in the long run what do you need you need a guy whose floor is high and when i when i think about burrow in cincinnati the offensive line's garbage uh aj green who back when bruce threw him his first career touchdown was awesome but now is a shell of himself. You're acclimating a couple. You're taking a while to find out that that Tyler Boyd's your best receiver and T. Higgins is good. Whereas in in Los Angeles, you have Keenan Allen, you have Hunter Henry, you have Mike Williams, so on and so forth. I still long term would take Burrow. Herbert has shown me though, to Kevin's point, I'd much rather see a guy perform well early and then have to regress off of that than perform like shit and then have to like, mm-hmm. you know, we're you know, Sam Darnold hanging our way to him in year four. Um, so I, you know, but at the same time, I'm still going to reserve. I think, I think I'd still put Tua on par with Herbert just because of our prior, just because I haven't seen enough. 
So, and that gets me to my thing, which is like, is the gap bigger between Burrow and Herbert or Herbert and Tua? And it seems like for you, it's between Burrow and Herbert. I still, I still think Burrow is a better prospect by a decent amount. Um, Herbert, and although Tua's accuracy stuff has to look good the first two weeks, he's been like a kind of a gamer. Herbert is has been awesome, but I don't know how sustainable some of the things he's doing is. Yep, I'm with you. I have Are. the same. I have the same ordering, but I have Herbert and Tua like right there. Because I refuse to be a prisoner to the instability of some of the things that Herbert's doing. And the simple fact that I think Herbert is playing with a top seven roster. The, the Chargers the have a... offensive line is not good. It's not, you know, good. Line is not good. It's not good. Yeah. But Shane Steichen's cracked the top ten in play caller ranking this week. I mean, they the fact that they are continuously like losing these games is... And I don't want to be a QB wins guy, but I think he should be doing a little bit more. And I think the fact that he is doing things that we need to see from a quarterback with that type of supporting cast, his grade from a clean pocket is 10 points lower than that of Burrow. And and you know, I, I, so Burrow to me is is still head and shoulders above it. I'm going to I'm going to go with Bruce on this. Would you change the order that you drafted Herbert and Tua? Hmm. Man. No. I'm going to I'm going to keep my faith in Tua because he, here's my concern with Tua. When I watch him play, he's not the biggest guy, right? And he doesn't have the biggest arm. And Kevin, like you said, some of those spin moves, you're not always going to get away like that's not going to work, you know? It it just happened that it was like a clean enough area that he didn't spin into TJ Watt and smacking him across the face and but the thing I think Tua will learn and grow and I think the rhythm will start to kind of help him out he's athletic enough I'm just worried that he is a smaller frame guy that that cop that the the pocket collapses and closes tight and it's hard and it's you know it, it closes fast in the NFL man and so with Herbert being the bigger tight body you can almost make things work better but Here's also th- something I've been thinking about with Herbert. And and look, not, I don't want to take anything away from him because I love what he's done this year. It's fun watching young quarterbacks explode on the scene and do some you know awesome things. But we haven't played in, in front of fans, really. And I know the Chargers don't pack their stadium in. <laughs> but, I'm talk- but I'm talking about when you go on the road and, and it's – you know, a hostile environment and you're trying to call the plays in the huddle, you can barely hear yourself think. And you got to tell Keenan Allen what to do. You got to orchestrate the snap count, the shifts, the motions, and see the defense, get to an audible, change the protection. I don't know, man. I just think that that pressure is going to get to Herbert at some point. I mean, we're seeing it now and it's all fun and we get all these big time throws. But once the pressure hits, man, these fans are back in the stands. I, I don't think we're going to see the production we're seeing this year. I'm with it. I'm taking. I'm still taking Tua over Herbert. I love that. Guy. The injury concerns with Tua is is obviously like he's probably more susceptible to injuries than other players. But it doesn't look like the knockoff effects have affected him athletically. I think it's improved. I said this on Sunday night. I think he's a better athlete than he was before because of the. But is the he rehab. is he even a better athlete than Herbert? Oh, like Herbert's. A, I, oh no, I know, didn't mean. Like, it. I, I don't think Tua is as good of an athlete as maybe some people might think that he is. I think he's he's functional, right? He can run, just like um, I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick was was running, right? right. Like he's he, like he can he can functionally move. But if you if you timed him out in a forty or something like that, I mean, is he breaking four five five? I don't know. No, he's not, probably right? a four seven guy, no, which is but Bruce. What were you a four six? Four five nine, baby. Shit, Combine four, five, nine. What could you run right now? <laughs> So I'm just saying he's, you know, uh, it, it's tougher in the NFL, right? Yes, you're right, Kevin. No, that's that's kind of my concern with Tua. Like, I want to believe he can make this happen, but he's not Kyler Murray. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not, you know, a, a Kyler Murray arm um, in Kyler Murray athleticism. So I, I don't know. I do have some concerns there. I mean, I hope it works out because I, I, I like the kid. I think, you know, maybe the timing and rhythm can help and all that, but – that's a legit concern. What would you run right now? Oh, man. Uh, would I finish it or would I pop both hammies before I got to the 40? <laughs> if, if both hammies stayed intact, what could you get? 
Maybe a five flat. I'm gonna be man. I haven't tried sprinting in so long, <laughs> dude. It's brutal. Dude, the first time you really try to all out sprint, if you haven't in a while, you can feel your life pitter pattering beneath <laughs> I, your feet. So real quick, George. So I had a workout with the Texans after uh, um, I got released. John Gruden released me. I go to the Rams for training camp. They released me. So it's during the season. I go work out for the Texans week two or something. They bring me back week seven when Schaub hurt his back. So I'm thinking this is a no-brainer. They're going to sign me. Well, they have us run 40s again. And I'm joking with my buddy Tim Rattay. You remember Tim yeah, Rattay? Diner's great. He, he was with me in, in Tampa. So we're buddies. And I look at Rattay and I said, hey, brother, don't get hurt running this 40. Don't pull a hammy. I'm running this 40. And I'm I'm feeling good, man. I'm like, dude, I ain't flying. Like this might be like a four three, and and boom, I feel my hamstring pop, and I kind of like stumble across the line. I didn't fall. I just kind of, and I was like, oh my gosh, what was that? Because I never did anything remotely like that before. So I start like kind of walking away, and I'm like, I'm just nervous as heck. Like, what the heck was that? So Rick Smith, the GM at the time, comes up to me. He goes, he's like, you all right? I was like, yeah, yeah, my foot just got caught in the turf. Like, I'm good, man. I'm good. And I'm still trying to play in my mind what just happened. Like, what did I hurt? I'm feeling my, like, quad. I'm just – and um, we didn't even throw yet. So then all of a sudden we go to start <laughs> throwing. And I'm like, okay, I can, like, side drop. Like, I can drop like a quarterback. So I'm getting through the throws, and I'm actually throwing pretty well. Well, then Kyle Shanahan's offense coordinator at the time, and he's like, all right, now I want you guys, we're going to play, we're going to bootleg, you know, really fake this <laughs> way and really sprint out. Bro, I could not even, I could barely walk on that sprint out boot. And so I'm literally like, just kind of like, uh, uh, and I throw it and Kyle Shanahan's like, all right, let's do that again. Now really run out there. <laughs> And then after I was like, you know, so Rick you, Smith was like, dude, you don't have to finish this. You're, and I'm like, no, man, I'm going to finish this workout. This was like meathead Bruce at the time. I'm going to finish this workout, hammy or not. <laughs> that's incredible. That's amazing. Uh, so, that's that's the best way to end uh, this podcast. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging <laughs> out. And I will hold you each to your, uh, your MVP prediction. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Alrighty, uh, that was our podcast. Special thanks to our buddies, Bruce and Kev. Lock of the week, Denver Broncos. Are you gonna wear that uh, sweatshirt on Sunday? I think you have to. Yeah, it, it really does look like a Broncos uh, jersey. Mm -hmm. All right, buddy, it's been fun. Let's get after it. See you guys.